Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Welcome to Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're with you for the next three hours, and you can join the conversation by texting the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ is broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios. It's the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at uh, planetkianc.com. I'm excited about today's show. We're going to have Keep Sounding, NFL Live Edition. Didn't get to it yesterday because the Derek Carr conversation took on a life of its own, as it has been ever since he was a free agent and Carolina could possibly go after the star, superstar, super-duper star, whatever you want to label him, quarterback in the NFL. We'll discuss the NFL draft, some prospects, and we're closing up the position breakdown series, Wes. It's been a long road, but we're finally at QB. Do we want to do coaching staff and then front office to just finish out the week? We've talked a lot about coaching staff. We've talked a lot about even QBs, but we could talk about it from a different angle. What are we talking about with front office? Just Fitterer? Yeah, Scott Fitterer. I don't know anybody else up there. Well, Adrian Wilson now. Oh, Marcia, that's the uh, receptionist. We talk about her. We can. If you want to, the we can mail runners and I don't. Yeah, I don't know what kind of breakdown. I think they have. got some great mail runners in there. Oh, excellent! Running forties. I, I want to see what their forty time is at the combine. Yeah, especially when they're running up. And what about the people that are running up that draft card to the podium yeah. once the selection is in? Yep. We can break all of that down. We'll do that on Friday. But Adrian Wilson just hired to be a part of the yeah. Panthers that was staff. pretty cool, man. He he's to me one of the more underrated players of my time, man. He was a really good safety. Did you play him in college? Were you there? I didn't at the same play time? him in safety, but I I mean didn't play him at safety. I don't I didn't play against him in college, but I just remembered him as a player. I know a madman. He was always ninety plus. He was always very good, and yeah. now hopefully he can be very good in the front office for the yeah. Carolina Panthers. We'll speak with Eugene Robinson in the 2 o'clock hour. He'll be joining us at 2.20. Field Yates of ESPN, he did predict that Derek Carr will be the starting quarterback of Carolina next his, uh, next season. We'll discuss how that meeting went. Apparently, David Tepper was in the room, so let's get to it. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, getting off the bus, little country up and up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. with another video we put out there on our Twitter handle at Wesson Walker. It's pinned, I believe, at WFNZ. If it's not pinned, then we put it out there on social media too at WFNZ. We sprayed Willie P's hair blue. The moment is here. And a lot of people are angry that he was not dyeing his hair blue and that we sprayed it. You gave the video a nine because we sprayed it or the entire process a nine? I gave his hair an eight. I said an eight or a nine. I said if he would have had it to where he had to wear it for a while or has to wear it for a while, it would have been a 10. So he's going to get rid of it by the weekend. I'm not 
not giving him that much hell, but everybody else is mad at him for not dying, going full permanent blue hair for the rest of time. And I'm <laughs> cool with him just spray painting it. He's going to be out in the public, which is ultimately what we want. We want him to be out in the public with the blue hair, but you want this to be some level of permanent, which was not what we did yesterday. I, I mean, I don't want it. I just said <laughs> if he would have had it, you know, in that vein for a while, then that would have given it a higher grade in my opinion, but to me, I was worried about his hair for a second because of the way it was smoking. Why was it smoking? Yeah, I was like, what is going on where this stuff is smoking like this? That was scary. It looked like a fog machine atop his dome, and that was when I stopped spraying for a little bit. (laughs) There is a moment in the video where I'm spraying the front line. I'm trying to get the roots, right? We need to make sure we get deep in the hairdo when we're spraying the blue spray. Yeah. And so I got a little on his forehead. I think he went home, and then he adjusted accordingly. But I was scared because then I started seeing it get hot, and I had zero clue as to why. Is this flammable? Is it not reacting well with the gel that is in Willie P's hair or the remnants of gel, whatever product he put in there? Because it was hot, and I did not want him to have to dunk his head in a pool of water to cool it all off. But I think he's all good. He's blue hair Willie. He's going to keep it on there for a while. And so I think everything was okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the reaction of people who haven't seen him yet when they see him out in public. The bagel guy said, I'm not mad at him for not dying it, but he should have had to keep it on for at least one Charlotte FC game. At least he's doing a public event. That's what I want. I want him yeah. to be out in the public with the blue hair. Oh, I could see until the Hornets lose again. Uh, maybe something like, well, you know, maybe <laughs> they got KD tonight, Wes. Come on, let's keep this longer. I don't want it just for for like a day and a half. True. Because he's going to watch that out tonight, possibly, especially yeah. with KD in town. Real quickly, uh, David, a Criminal Minds fan, okay, very specific, said Willie's hair was the wrong color blue. Did you feel that way, Fiddy? Once you started to see the paint come out of the can, did you have a problem with it? No, because at least the guy was real enough to do what he said he was going to do. Like, mm-hmm. how many guys would back out of dying? their hair blue. How many? Well, we were going to hold them to it. I mean, yeah, it was, why was it blue? Because it was supposed to be for the Hornets. So. Well, look, man, I doubt that you get Hornets teal out there in your hairspring color. I mean, yeah, but, purple? but it's always been blue for Kai Jones. Yeah, it was blue at media okay. day, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And, yeah. and this guy went out in public last night with his wife mm-hmm. to get milkshakes. Like, cut the guy a break. <laughs> Well, if he pulls off a look, too, especially when he has shades on, I mean, to me, that look isn't far off on him at all. It's funny you say that. As you are kind of backing him up on how he looks, Russell in Vermont said, I don't know why Willie P is even worried about it. Yeah. Looks pretty dope. Yeah. He looks like a badass. Especially I came into the fishbowl yesterday. And he had he had shades on, and he looked like a boss. That's what I'm to saying. Just yeah. be adventurous, adventurous Willie P. I love it. I said it on the video. I think he looks sexy. He is staring atop of the sign right now. And now with him having the blue hair, maybe sauce boss here. Maybe we need to go some Crayola and get that picture some blue hair. But I am with it. So big shout to Willie P. You mentioned Kevin Durant, or well, you mentioned the fact that maybe he could wear it until the Hornets lose again. It very much could happen with KD making his debut. Man, a lot going on in Charlotte regarding the Hornets, regarding Kevin Durant. So ESPN is in town. Brian Windhorst just did a Sports Center hit from the Spectrum Center. 
So they've got the big boys over at Spectrum Center where Kevin Durant has been there a couple of days. And he showed up at the Myers Park basketball game last night. Not only Kevin Durant, clearly atop the celebrity list, but there was a list that attended that Myers Park basketball game. How about your old co-worker, Ashley Shamedy? Yeah. You had Eric Collins. You had George Lynch. There was also Larry Brown. I mean... A crazy cast of characters going out there to go see Myers Park, but led by KD. Very cool to see that type of celebrity go out in town and kind of view a local event. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant, you know, he always talks about how he's all about hooping. And he loves basketball more than anything. And I think you saw that in the fact of an NBA player pulling up to a high school game. And so I thought that was pretty cool. I, I can't recollect a player, especially of his caliber, doing anything like that during my time here. Yeah, not a road player, and you're right. I mean, we're, KD is going to go down as, you know, top 15. I don't want to debate all that, but very, yeah. very high up on the Pantheon. You said Larry Brown was in attendance last night? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. So <laughs> one to two years before one of those programs catch a recruiting violation charge because everywhere he's gone – Bad news has seemed to follow. Larry Brown is an amazing basketball coach for a variety of different reasons. Part of the reason that you're talking about. But Larry Brown immediately raises your floor, and he is going to have you playing excellent basketball for the first two years he is there, and then nobody can stand him anymore. When he was here with the Charlotte Bobcats, they were playing as well as they ever have with Gerald Wallace, with Cap Jack, and they had better talent. But they also got to the playoffs under LB. And then what happened was that they could not stand him anymore. Bobcats start losing. He moves on. But, Wes, people talk about Larry Brown afterwards like he was a tyrant. Like Ryan Hollins, who turned into an ESPN analyst. You know, Steven Jackson will talk about Larry Brown as well. What an interesting career that guy had, stopping every step of the way, winning a championship in college and the NBA as a head coach. But he was in attendance last night at Myers Park, so pretty crazy to see all those people. Yeah, that was interesting. And I always remember him most, though, for the Allen Iverson times. Those are the, that's what I remember him for And those most. guys going how at much, it. Hey, I love them. Well, and now, too, but not then, really. Because, I mean, I don't think there was a lot of love then, but no, I think Allen grew to respect That's like Larry. your kids, man. They don't like stuff you tell them now, but as they get older, oh, Niner then they B- like it. Niner B wrote in a great inclusion when we were discussing celebrities attending local events. Mm-hmm. LeBron went to go see Curry at Davidson. Yeah, but that's, that's not the same to me. Oh, really? Like, wow. high school to deal. me is more... I mean, you're right. It's but, more like grassroots because like curry was a big draw at that point like the the word was starting to get out about him so him going to see him at bobcats arena and eh, that was that was straight but that's not anything out of the ordinary like but i mean high school though when you go to a high school event like you're really into it you I mean, really love your sport i will say imagine being a student at myers park not necessarily right. being with it and then seeing wait is that KD? Yeah, somebody besides you like hey man scoot down and you look up and it's KD and you're like what? 100%. Did anyone ever go see Zion? It's a great no, question. I, I don't, I don't recall anybody. And, and you know what? I actually think that kind of falls into Wes's category of not being as big of a deal because Zion was such a sensation all the way back when he was in 10th grade. Yeah. And so, but you're right. Like it would be interesting to go back and see if anybody I think the biggest it. thing that probably happened to Zion I think Drake wore his jersey, I believe, when he was still in high school. Is that right? Drake, I think Drake wore his jersey when he was still in high school. That's so something Drake would do. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> airball a layup in that jersey. <laughs> yeah, I think he six, wore it at one of his concerts. 100%. Did you see the Dreamville lineup that's coming up? The Dreamville no. Fest? You uh. saw Drake and J. Cole? 
our headline. Uh, I'm not a big Usher. Drake fan. I respect Drake, but not a big fan. Well, I mean, still a pretty crazy line. Usher. Usher's going to be there, too. There's going to be Sean Paul. Seriously? It's going to be... <laughs> You hated the early 2000s. I mean, there's a lot of people from the early 2000s. You <laughs> hated every name I threw at you. Did you have anything to say about the Dreamville cast? It looked like you wanted to. It's just going to be a dream to be uh, there that, that night if that you love hip hop music, that right? Time, that is the sign <laughs> of the end of the first segment. Let's go to Keep Sounded. I did want to send a question to the text line, and then we could read them on the other side. Celebrity run-in yesterday could have happened if you attended the Myers Park game. What is the best celebrity run-in you've ever had where you saw somebody famous you did not expect to see them? Charlotte is a great city for that. We've talked about how many celebrities you'll see. I remember you said something about Coolio, RIP. There's a picture of him just pumping gas at a gas station here in town, something crazy like that. Let's hear your best celebrity run-ins in the city of Charlotte or wherever, really. 704-570-9610. We're off and rolling. Keep sounding. Um, coming up next, Mina Kimes discussing the Bears trading down from number one overall. Could that involve the Carolina Panthers? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walker off and rolling with you until 3 p.m. And then the Kyle Bailey show takes over. He's going to be welcoming Scott Fitterer, general manager, also speaking in Indianapolis on behalf of the Carolina Panthers. I believe he is scheduled to speak at 1.30 today. So maybe we can talk about some of the comments he has at the Combine, but he'll also be joining Kyle Bailey later on. Don't know what time, but you'll just have to listen all day. Just keep on the radio constantly here at WFNZ Sports Radio 92.7 FM. And we appreciate you for joining us and also texting into the Garage Door Guru text line. The number you can text is 704-570-9610. Wes, you like that? You were laughing? No, I was laughing about something else. Okay. <laughs> what? You want to tell us or is it just not Yeah, like my son yesterday, I had to get on him because in school now you can see uh, their grades and stuff because they have apps mm-hmm. or whatever. So I couldn't get in because my password had expired. So I hadn't been able to see anything. I could just see the alerts of what the grade is, but I couldn't go in and see assignments. So yesterday I logged out and logged back in, and then I could go in and see what he had been doing, and he had been slacking, and we won't play about the academics in the house. So I started, so, you know, his mother and I gave him a very stern talking to yesterday. And uh, when I saw the alerts that his grades were starting up, I just started laughing. I said, I bet he is in there working like Sonic the Hedgehog. That's the second Sonic the Hedgehog reference we've had. Yes, one for Willie P's blue hair and one for your son's work ethic yeah, going through the roof yeah, now because flying, yeah. he don't want to touch that. 
that parent smoke that's coming his way. Exactly. All right. Well, there is the update um, on Wes's son's grades. That's good that they're going up, though. That's fantastic. I mean, he's an honor roll student. We don't we don't play that. Mm -hmm. You don't come in the house with C's. Any of that. He's too spoiled. Do you expect there to be foul play? Like, what is the movie? War Games with Matthew Broderick, Broderick <laughs> where he gets into the computer system and then starts messing with your password? <laughs> yeah, I wonder man, if he like, did that. Yeah, we, we, we don't play that, man. He's he's too spoiled. He has it too good not to be handling his business in the classroom. All right, let's go to some of the celebrity run-ins on the text line. Stanford P said, Steve Smith at Dick's Sporting Goods, Adam Morrison at the movies, Muggsy Bogues and Allen Iverson at South Park and Nick Wilson at Home Depot one time. Do so you that, count do you count like the <laughs> local professional guys though as like a real run in? I think if you remember it and it's a celebrity like you'll always remember, oh I saw I think that counts. You know, what I'm like saying? if I saw Steve Smith like at a sporting goods store in South Charlotte or whatever, like I mean it would be kinda random, but I'm like, you know, they go shopping. Sure. I still think they're worthy because you remember. I think you remember seeing some of the local celebrities. We got a lot. Barry the Tile Man said D'Angelo Williams, uh, quote, knocked my son over in the Carowinds wave pool. That was pretty cool. He was right beside <laughs> us for about an hour. So D'Angelo trucking people on and off the football field. Mm. Owen said when Graham Gano was on the Panthers and he was injured, I saw him walking around perfectly fine <laughs> at a QT. We just snitched on Graham Gano. He said, I asked for a picture and he said, no, sorry, Graham. Sometimes, man, people just be busy. So you got okay. a brisket taquito or something while he was in there? Oh, I hope so. Those taquitos are fire. It is everything <laughs> within my willpower to not get one at 10.30 a.m. when I stopped by the local QT. Brian said, working at Publix, met both James Borrego and Greg Olson separately doing their shopping. And then how about, th this is a big one. So I, I do kind of want to look at some of the bigger celebrities that people have met. Walker, I used to valet at Capitol Grill in Uptown. Already. I'm sure he saw all, Exactly. As soon as I read that first sentence, I'm like, all right, what do we got here? One night, a white Range Rover pulls up, back door opens up, and out jumps Derek Jeter. That's a, oh, wow. That's a big one. Yeah, now that's that's a... He said, I just about wet myself. He was so nice to. <laughs> gave me a handshake and a hug. And I called all my family back in New York, and they could not believe it. Derek Jeter, leader in the clubhouse so far. Um, Tar Heel B said Ron Jeremy pumped gas one time, and he saw Ron Jeremy. So uh, uh, Ron yeah. Jeremy... Yeah, he catch some charges a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, not great. In fact, probably not even great for me to bring up. So I apologize for bringing his name to the airwaves. That is my fault. Uh, Eight oh three said I saw Josh Brolin. Is he a country singer? Josh Brolin. No, that's the actor, man. He did Thanos' oh, voice and no, he was a villain no, 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 in no, Deadpool. No. Who is there a Brolin country singer? Or am I tripping? It sounds like a country singer's <laughs> name for sure. I know who Josh Brolin oh, is. Oh, Brolin, Brolin. Still, still Derek Jeter though, right? Is the leader. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, last, here's here's one. We can get to some of the other ones a little bit later as well. But do you remember when the picture was circulating on social media about Mick Jagger? And when he showed oh, up at yeah, the Thirsty yeah, Beaver? Oh, yeah, 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 Mick Jagger, that's number one. Yeah. And I don't know how, I honestly don't know how you beat it. Yeah. Derek Jeter was great, but Mick Jagger, and then he took a picture. Nobody knew. Like, or at least, I don't know if the picture was staged, but I just remember the picture. No, he, got, he went. Oh, I know he went. Yeah, I yeah. just don't know if it was staged where everybody was acting like it wasn't a big deal. Oh, and here you had the leader of yeah, yeah. the Rolling Stones in front of the Thirsty Beaver. 704-570-9610. I had when I did public address at that private school basketball tournament that I told Mason Plumlee that mm -hmm. he was in. And then Steph and Dale were there. This was before Steph really got to rock star status. 
And Bill Cower was there too. Bill Cower's a good one. Yeah, there's a lot of people writing in a ton of different uh suggestions or inclusions i should say stanford p jack black in uptown as well we can get to some more of those a little bit later on in the show i wanted to get to the segment we didn't get to yesterday just wanted to play some sound from nfl live on espn two days ago mina kimes marcus spears dan orlovsky tim hasselback all talking about the carolina panthers options in the draft and at the quarterback position. Let's start with Mina Kimes discussing the Chicago Bears and their possibility of trading down from number one overall. Big reason why many people are eyeing the Colts at pick four as a likely trade companion for Chicago is not only that the Colts need a quarterback, they've said as much, but also if the Bears were to drop to pick four, they could still get one of what many people believe are the two best defensive players in this draft, Jalen Carter out of Georgia, Will Anderson out of, out of Alabama. If you drop Further than that, it's possible, going after Seattle, who needs a defender, that you miss out on one of those players. However, if a team like Las Vegas or Carolina were to offer them a ton of picks to move up, and it would be a ton, Chicago has to seriously consider that because there are so many needs on this roster, particularly on the defensive side of the football. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Chicago is going to trade back from number one overall. I I just think it makes way too much sense. And even if the idea is that Chicago will not receive as much in return as maybe previous NFL drafts, I still think it makes too much sense, especially if you're talking about moving back to number four. You're not dropping back that much, okay? You expect quarterbacks to go in between there. You're trading back entirely because you do not need a quarterback. So let's say two quarterbacks go in the top four. Mm -hmm. You're going to get one of the two top prospects anyway. It just makes way too much sense for Chicago to go back at four, maybe even seven, depending on the price that it would take to move up to number one overall. Do you see it that way? And you heard me to bring up Carolina. Just how serious do you think the Panthers would be about trading up to number one overall? I think they're going to. I think when all the reports that you hear, I sent you guys a thing yesterday where um, I forgot which report it was, but he said that the feeling is that the Panthers are all in on Anthony Richardson. We've heard that they love C.J. Oh, Stroud. Matt Miller, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just think that you're not going to be able to get either one of those guys if you don't move up. And I think if the Panthers really want a quarterback, that they're going to have to do that. Um, Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So (laughs) so trading up to number one, it could happen for Carolina. Go ahead. You had to. No, I was just going to say, I wanted just a quick aside. I don't understand how people are not talking about Will Anderson more. Like, it blows my mind. Like, I know he's going to go top five, but it's like this guy's like, a stud of studs. And he's like an afterthought in this draft. You know, that man had 30. You like a guy that had what? Oh, How many sacks did the dude have from Georgia? Um, not not as many as Anderson. That's what I'm saying. You like that no, guy. That, no, I never said I liked him. I saw why he was getting the... The, the problem with Boy Anderson is... Just not as dominant, I think, this year as he was last year. Like, I, I was of the opinion this guy was going to wreck college football. And maybe with all the games they play now, reach right. 15 or more sacks, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, that didn't happen. Right. When when Wes, when Wes is ready to go off, oh. Wes does this. Yeah. Go off, so, King. So a, guy, so a guy that had 17 and a half sacks and 31 tackles for loss in 2021, you don't think that this year 
offensive lines and blocking schemes were geared to stop him to where he was getting double, triple teamed, and he still managed 10 sacks and 17 tackles for loss. I think that 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 counts for something. Uh, his grade from PFF did go down from an 89 to an 83, but his pass rush grade was still an 85. Uh, his true pass set pass rush grade was 88, and his run defense grade was 86. I mean, a guy like this is this productive in the SEC. Every game you turned on, he made plays. I, I just don't get it. I mean, I, I think he's going to be a stud. So so let's explore it further, further then. You're yeah. discussing him being a stud. Yes. Then how far do you expect him to drop, and could it be to a point where maybe you entertain that if you're Carolina? I don't think he's dropping out of the top five, but the fact that people have other defensive players over him is just Well, it's not happening much. Jalen Carter is one, and I know That's you what I'm saying. They, they, they're disagree. not even in the same stratosphere. And Tyree Wilson is the other guy that yeah. some people will have over what? Willie Anderson, and that is the defensive end from yeah. Texas Tech. He's an athletic freak. The Combine, I think, will probably prove that if expectation serves true. And those are the only two. I, I think most people do view Anderson as a big time guy. Two less games this year, according to his sports reference page, 10 sacks still. He does look like a pretty big beast. Plus, 2021, those numbers are absolutely ridiculous. To have 31 tackles for loss in 2021, I mean, I think he Video did game. Wreck, wreck college football two years ago. I mean, he had double digit tackles for loss every single year he was in college and no less than seven sacks. I mean, this guy, Jalen Carter three sacks each of the last two years. And I know he's an interior defensive lineman. I get it. But there's no way I would ever think about drafting him over a guy like Will Anderson ever. Well, now you have the problems off of the field with Jalen Carter, and we can get to that in just a moment too. Mm -hmm. But there is some other conversation towards the top outside of quarterback. I do think if Carolina trades up, they're not going to be doing it for Will Anderson. Just exploring it, it's going to be for a QB. And Chicago, being that number one overall selection, I think if you look at all of the franchises Mina Kimes brought up in that soundbite, you're looking at Carolina being the last team. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is a disadvantage, right? It means you're going to have to move way further up because if Seattle wants to do business with Chicago, they have the fifth overall selection. A lot more palatable to drop back there. Detroit, they have Jared Goff, so you're not really working about worried about six. They're going to try to win now and go at it with Goff. But Las Vegas is the seventh overall selection. Further down, yet still two spots ahead of Carolina. So this is the problem for Carolina, right? The price is not going to be the same for Carolina as it will be for Las Vegas, two spots up. For Seattle, four spots up. Mm -hmm. For Indianapolis, you know, further, right? Like only three spots back from the number one overall selection. That's why I I think Carolina wants to make the move. I do think they want C.J. Stroud or one of these QBs. I know you talked about Anthony Richardson. Who knows? It is smoke signal season galore when we approach the NFL draft. I do think that they want to move up for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think they want to get their hands on one, Wes. Yeah, I think so as well. And with the two guys that they've been linked to. I mean, we've we've heard that Carolina's been in love with three different quarterbacks. Remember, early in the process, it was Tepper was enamored with Will Levis. Then we heard that C.J. Stroud was the apple of their (laughs) eye. Now we're hearing that... Uh, that they're all in on Anthony Richardson. So as these workouts happen, as Saturday happens with these quarterbacks having their first throws to be able to see, because I think teams, they put a little bit of stock in it. I think when you come out and throw well in a, you know, an environment that you don't create, 
like a pro day and you come out and throw it well, then that's that's why I said let Anthony Richardson come out there Saturday and throw it all over the field and look great. The hype train is going to be on 1,000. So here we are talking about the top four quarterback prospects. Dan Orlovsky continuing to keep sound in NFL Live Edition. Here he is discussing some of the passers that he would trade up for. I think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are two guys that I sit here in the back end of February and I go, man, those guys are real. Bryce is really good. Now you got to be okay with his size, and that's a very individual thing. C.J. Stroud is super, super pure as a thrower. Anthony Richardson, yeah. with good coaching and really kind of following the Justin Fields path of just tightening mechanics of his lower half has rock star talent. So I think there's two guys that I feel really good with and one that I'm trending towards that way. Anthony Richardson with a good coaching staff. What have we been praising for the past month regarding Carolina's offseason? It's been the coaching staff. Dan Orlovsky, I believe, actually made reference to Carolina and the staff pertaining to an Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Both of those guys kind of in the same category to me with some differences, right? I know Richardson is more of a crazy boom and Will Levis had good film two years ago, but still a lot of the same discourse we're having about both of those players. Does good coaching staff, Josh McCown, Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, I mean, that's only the offensive side because that's what we're worried about regarding the quarterback. Does that allow you to lean a little bit more into a Richardson or a Will Levis, Westbrook? I think I've always been a big believer that your traits from college follow you to the pros. I feel like if you're a turnover machine in college, you'll be a turnover machine in the pros. I think with Anthony Richardson, I think that if he gets ample playing time um, early in his rookie season, different things like that, you're going to see flashes that will make you intrigued. But the 53% passing in in an RPO offense that would worry me. I don't know that you can get much better because you don't see a lot of guys get more accurate when they get to the pros. And I'm not talking about just as far as the scheme that you run, but just the accuracy of passes. He's got a cannon. He's got everything that you could look for. I think the the key for him is just if he really comes in and puts that nose to the grind, man, and it's just really, just really, really down to be a student of the game. I think he can make good enough improvements to be a starter. And so that's going to be the interesting thing about him is how bad does he want it? Because I do feel like what what I will say is I do think Anthony Richardson can be as good as he wants to be. Now, do I think he'll be a super-duper accurate passer? No. But I think that he could develop himself into a good enough passer to hurt people because everything else is off the charts. When you talk about the running, the playmaking ability, all the things you get with him, I mean, that's that's bananas. But as far as if just him becoming a better passer, I think he can get a little bit more accurate, but I don't ever see him being a 65% caliber guy in the pros. Well, and the thing is, Josh Allen kind of changed the game a little bit with his improvement from 2019 to 2020 to 2021. What we've seen from him was Anthony Richardson slash Will Levis improving his accuracy 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. So much to where if you wanted to dive in the advanced metrics, if that's your thing, that would suggest Josh Allen had some of the biggest improvement we've ever seen. If you just want to go to some of the traditional stats too, maybe you are anti, oh, all that advanced metric stuff, that's taboo, that's black magic. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go to just the traditional stats. How about throwing for 3,000 yards in 2019 and then throwing for 4,500 in 2020. How about having a 58 completion percentage jump up to 69? 
I mean, bonkers, man. Like what happened with Josh Allen? They started to put the offensive line around him. They started to improve the supporting cast, trading for Stephon Diggs. And Josh Allen turned out to be this Terminator-style QB, be a lot more refined and still have that athleticism a part of his game. And so that's if, if you draft Josh Allen and it takes two years to get there in the form of Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, you take that any day of the week, mm-hmm. right? Like, so that that's kind of changed the game, seeing how improved he is. And athleticism buys you more time to become more polished. Yeah. You can start running a little bit, throwing in some passes, then mixing in more of the passing game as careers go on. So I would be just fine if Richardson or Will Levis was the QB. I just don't want to trade too far up because that means you gave up a lot of picks to go get some of those guys. 704-570-9610. That's the Garage Door Guru text line. Real quickly, let's go to a Fitty Flash before Campus Corner. All right. Well, I was going to, well, yeah, we'll touch on the Jalen Carter stuff here really quickly. Of course, everyone knows by now that Jalen Carter has an arrest warrant out for being the driver in a, in a wreck that, that took the life of a teammate on that Georgia team and a recruiting staffer. The Athens Clark County, Georgia police department has issued an arrest warrant for him attained by the, uh, the Associated Press that alleges that Carter was racing his 2021 Jeep Trackhawk against the 2021 Ford Expedition, which was driven by the staffer, which led to that fatal incident. We're on the eve of him working out and going through a lot of stuff at the combine. You have to imagine this is going to impact his draft stop. Draft stocked dramatically. I, I wonder just how much this is how the conversation goes with Jalen Carter. It, it really, it really sucks to see all of this and the fact that this happened and the announcement came after the AJC reported that Carter was present at the scene and then we knew exactly in what way he was present. So we'll see how much this does impact his NFL draft stock. And certainly, as more information comes out, you always have to think about the families affected, the victim, and the victim's families here. And so we'll see. Hopefully, they are grieving. And uh, or in, in a way that helps them get over as much as they possibly can. Yeah, I mean, that's things they said that he was uh, allegedly racing alongside uh, the cars that were in the accidents and left the scene and then came back like an hour later. So, I mean, I know young kids, they make bad decisions. Um, you know, no nobody's perfect, but still that's, you know, when you talk about a guy's kind of character and decision making, you know, if all those things are, are true, then that is going to hurt him, I think, in the eyes of a lot of teams, but we'll see how the process plays out. We will visit the campus corner coming up next, do an ACC check-in, Duke tops NC State. John Shire becomes the first ACC coach to go undefeated in the ACC. How much does his postseason success impact how we view his first year? Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. And while you're at it, follow Wesson Walker on Twitter. Follow WFNZ on Twitter and WFNZ on Instagram. You can check out that video of us turning Willie P into Sonic the Hedgehog's big brother. Okay, with the blue hair. The thing is, his hairstyle lends itself to Sonic. It, it does, especially not, the way it's like going back. It it's not like little, just right. It's not yeah. just because it's blue. It's because it looks like he's on a roller coaster as we speak. It does. It looks like the hair is going back because of the momentum. That's right. But now it is time for the campus. Kona. Let's go. All right, last night, Duke and NC State. This was a big spot for NC State to bounce back from that blowout, but they could not do it. John Shire joined Arizona's Tommy Lloyd as the only power conference head coaches in their first season as a head coach to post an undefeated record at home. Duke held NC State to 67 points, which were NC State's fourth fewest this season. They held them to 38% from the field, which was its fourth lowest percentage of this season. Duke won the game at the line, 23 of 29, 79% that they were. Listen, in the final five minutes of regulation, the Blue Devils are 85 of 105 from the free throw line, 80%, and they are 6-1 and one in games decided by four points or fewer. So, um, yeah, so what did we think last night of what we saw from the Blue Devils? Yeah, well, look, I mean, Jeremy Roach is really turning it on as the season ends. 20 points for Jeremy Roach. He was the guy that you viewed as the leader coming into the season. And honestly, that's Jeremy not hitting one three-pointer in this game and still finishing with 20 points. We know Filipowski, he can really fill it up usually, but they won with their best player going 2 of 11 from the field, Wes, and he still was able to score because he got to the free-throw line and knocked down seven of his nine free-throw attempts. Still a beast on the boards, grabbing 14 rebounds. And I've told you a million times, I really like what Proctor is doing. Another guy that went to the foul line a lot. 12 points for Proctor. Even if he did not hit a three, he still finished with a pretty nice stat line. So I like what Duke is doing. On the flip side, where the hell is Traquavion Smith, man? It's been a long time. Eight points, two of nine from the field. Jaquil Joyner had 26 points. He came to play. DJ Burns Jr. quiet outing 13 points on 6 of 15 shooting. You talked about Tyrese Proctor. He's reached double-digit points 14 times this season and 10 times over the last 14 games. So this is a freshman that is ascending as we speak. But which player, not named Filipowski, is the key to Duke's postseason success. I've talked a lot about Proctor. I, I think the right answer is Jeremy Roach, and I think that was the answer coming into the season. I think Filipowski kind of took that over once we realized, oh, okay, wait, this guy is very good. People are comparing him to Christian Leitner, like when Matt Doherty did, right? Cooled off a little bit, but really came on strong as the season went on. I just think Roach is someone that performed very well in the tournament early on, fizzled out a little bit, but able to make things happen, able to facilitate. I think we went from acknowledging that Roach had a huge part in this team and their success. Filipowski kind of took that over. Ancillary pieces started to produce as the season went on, but it's still a Jeremy Roach to me that is the key factor outside of Filipowski. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of guys turning it on, and I do think Jeremy Roach is an excellent selection uh, for who can continue to get this team, but I'm going to go with Derek Lively. Okay, I know I've been tough on him this year, but I think his defense and his rebounding 
are going to be very clutch in helping Duke uh, to advance in postseason play. Um, when you talk about a guy who, who's getting double-digit 10-plus rebounds, he's holding down the block. Nobody's coming down in there driving the basketball on this team. They have been so good defensively this season. They've held 26 of their 30 opponents below their season scoring average. Filipowski, I mean, they're, they they are long down low for Duke uh, on the inside in that paint. Because when you talk about Filipowski at seven feet, you talk about uh, Derek Lively down there, they make it very challenging for you to be able to score. Well, and this is the problem, just continuing to focus on NC State for a moment. We know how bad it's been for Terquavion Smith lately. Yes. They hit it. it would, the fact that they were winning, that served as camouflage to us kind of not paying attention to the down stretch that Smith had. But once you start losing the magnifying glass is well above yes. you dark hell joiner has been absolutely lights out 26 points in this game for him but dj burns while it wasn't an atrocious game for him by any means still missed a decent amount of shots mm -hmm. and that's someone that is mad efficient anytime you feed him the basketball and just wasn't the case six of 15 not awful but when Terquavion continues to go cold, you need Joyner going nuclear and you need DJ going nuclear. And he just had an okay game and even five rebounds, not a whole lot down low. We mentioned the 13 points, but still missing a lot of shots. You know, Morsell went 0 of 8. Yeah, so like, one point. That's, that's tough, man. It's tough for NC State to bounce back from that. Yeah, and you would think with them getting guys back like a Jack Clark and some of those guys that they would be really ready to go into this tournament. So NC State has a lot of question marks uh, over how legitimate they are, and there will be a lot of questions to be answered. They still have, uh, you know, a game left in the regular season, but coming into the ACC tournament, they need to get it going. And when we return on the Wesson Walker Show, we're going to talk about the Panthers' quarterback room, and this quarterback may be having his last stand in quarter in training camp this season. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.